Blog Talk Radio. Heartfelt songs from an L.A. native and the future of blues from Norway. Welcome to Music Friday Live. Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America. It's Music Friday Live. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. This is your show. Our guests are here to talk with you. So, you know, you can call them and talk to them, 347-215-7511, sorry, 7411 is the other number, the secret number. I didn't say that, 7511, or email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. I know a lot of you are sitting there at work with your earphones on and you can't call us, so email us, you know, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. I want to give a special welcome to our listeners on the Block Talk Radio Network and also to the cyberstationusa.com network and all of their radio affiliates in the East Coast who will actually hear us later tonight. And hi to everybody on the Artistic Echoes Network in the UK who will hear us tomorrow, because you know it's tomorrow today. Well, you know what I mean. And everybody listening to us on Stitcher and iTunes. And again, if you have questions or comments for our guests, email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com if you're listening on a podcast or someplace other than live today. A personal note. I may be getting a cold, <laughs> so if my voice sounds a little congested today, well, it is, but the show must go on. I also wanted to say a, a word before our first guest um, on the bankruptcy filing of one of music icons, Gibson Guitars. They filed for bankruptcy Chapter 11 on Tuesday. I have been in touch with Gibson officials and others in the guitar industry, and um, I have laid out where the company and the industry is going based on those conversations in my uh, weekly column this week. My weekly column is La La Land. So take a look at uh, this week's Shutter 16 magazine. It's online at www.shutter16 and 16 is a number.com. One of the things you'll learn is that Gibson and the guitar industry may be saved by women. That's right. It's guitar heroines. So check it out. Well, something else to check out is Eva Ross, Eva B. Ross, who I first saw at a So Far concert in Venice, California, and I knew immediately I had to have her on Music Friday Live. She's from my hometown, Los Angeles. She grew up writing songs and singing in her family's garage band. And then she decided to get serious and study singing and songwriting at places like Stanford Jazz Vocal Residency and UCLA. She formed her band, the Eva B. Ross Foundation, and she launched a European tour by herself in the summer of 2014. The following year, she released her first independent single, Nick's House, which we're going to play today. And then she went on to collect a whole bunch of awards, including following in the footsteps of Maroon 5 and the UCLA Spring Sing Prize. She's currently working on her debut EP, but more important, she's right here today. And I think she's probably still vibrating from singing last night at UCLA. Eva B. Ross, welcome to Music Friday Live. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So last night, um, the Thelonious Monk Jazz Ensemble opened for you. How cool is that? Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't get much cooler than that. When they first told me about that, I was like, are you sure? <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> did, did you sing all your original songs? 
Yeah, it was a complete set, uh, nine original tunes, and uh, it was a show uh, featuring the diversity of music that comes out of UCLA. Uh, And I was lucky enough to represent um, kind of singer-songwriter pop rock music, so I felt very lucky, very lucky. Yay. Well, you know what? Um, While you were talking, while I was introducing you, we got three emails from people all asking about the UCLA music uh, program, so we'll get to those later in the the, the program. But first, I want to talk about the album you're working on, Um, and despite your many years in music, this is going to be your debut recording, so what took so long? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I um, I spent a lot of time just playing live. I started, of course, like kind of seriously pursuing music uh, my sophomore year of college at UCLA. And I was just one of those house bands that played all over campus at every single show I could. And when I put out that first um, single mix house, that was just a completely self-produced, um, self-done recording. And um, as soon as I... A year after I put that out, I was approached by a label who wanted to develop me and um, a small independent label. And so, yeah, so I I spent a few years just writing and really developing and figuring out what kind of music I want to put out. And so I guess that's what took the time. But uh, I'm really close to putting stuff out now. So it feels very exciting. Well, we're looking forward to it. Um, And, and, you know, speaking of uh, your sophomore uh, UCLA and all the other stuff. You, you you studied jazz, and your music seems to be sort of an effortless blend of jazz forms and singer songwriting, lyrical skill, and pop, and and even some country western sound in there too. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of a good way to under, understanding your music? It's sort of a blend. Yeah, very much so. It's kind of hard sometimes to put a label on it because. I guess you are where where you've come from and in music, what you've grown up listening to. And I really was lucky enough to listen to everything. And um, just the nature of my voice always kind of lent itself to jazz. And so that's why I always had an affinity for it and ended up studying that, especially in high school. But I grew up listening to all kinds of singer songwriter, you know, folk rock music. So I think I kind of call on all of that when I write. Okay. Well, why don't um, we give our listeners a taste of this blend that we're talking about? This is uh, Nick's house. Is uh, habit forming, to to say the least. Um, is that going to be on the uh, the new album that you're working on? It will be. I'm going to be having there will be a re um, 
a redo of Nick's house, and I'm really, really, really excited about that tune. Uh, there was no way I could part from it. It was too foundational. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you do all the songwriting and arranging yourself? I do all the songwriting, um, and I have help with my arrangements from now the people that are going to be producing this EP, um, a guy by the name of Steve Rashid and uh, Justin Niebank. They both helped me with the arrangements, and uh, yeah. Yeah, but I definitely okay. do all the songwriting. All right. Well, you know, you have such an interesting curl to your voice. Um, is, is that the result of your training that, that you've gained that kind of precise control, or, or was it always that way? Well, I mean, my parents will attribute uh, my voice to the fact that when I was an infant, I was crying all the time, and so I, I developed this sort of raspy tone. But I do um, – I, I did get to – you know, I, I studied quite a bit in – in high school singing. Um, but I think the main place that I got most of my music abilities and my, especially when it comes to singing was just playing live all the time, just played music out a lot, sung in every kind of venue and, um, yeah, kind of just develop, hone my craft there, I guess. It, it'll do it. I, you know, I've heard that from, from a lot of musicians that uh, playing live, particularly when they first start out their careers, is uh, the best way to learn. It's also the worst way to learn, some of them say. But, oh, yeah. Uh, um, you know, there's a line in that it'll song. You. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. There, there's a line in that song, and I love all the lines in that song, but the line in that song is that the other girls were Cracker Jacks. Nice writing. So, so tell us about Nick's house. Who was Nick and why did you do a song about his house? Um, yeah, who was, who is Nick? The, the question on many people's minds. Nick was actually just my, one of my best friends in high school. I, I wrote that song at the end of my senior year. Um, just originally just to play for my friends. There was this group of buddies that would all meet up at Nick's house and uh, hang out in his backyard. And it was kind of just that, I think it's a big moment in your life when you finally feel, especially in high school, at least for me, when you kind of kind of feel that you don't have to pretend to be anybody else around a group of people. Uh, mm. It really stood out mm-hmm. to me, and this group of people really made me feel like I could actually just be myself, and it was kind of a wild experience, so I wanted to sum up those feelings in a song and just play it for them to th- kind of thank them for having been there through all of it. Um, but, yeah, that line in particular came about just one night we had seen – we had gone to a Flying Lotus uh, Animal Collective show at the Hollywood Bowl, and we came back, and we were just, you know, the, the, there was a bunch of guys and a bunch of girls, and the guys were saying, like, you know, you know when you're just trying to hype each other up, and they were saying, you know, we're just, we're, we, guys, we've got it. We're really cool. Like, you girls, like, you girls are like the inside prize packs. Like, everybody else is just like Cracker Jacks, and we were just coming up with all these comparisons, you know, <laughs> and that was just one of them. So there you go. And here it is, immortalized in a song. All right. And I know well, forever and ever. <laughs> now, you, your family had a, had a garage band. How, how cool is that? Um, was, yeah. was your family involved in the music industry? Um, you know, my dad in college had a, had a rock band, um, which is, was a huge influence in me in starting music in college because I grew up listening to his band's music, uh, the Rock Me Foundation. And... Um, yeah, you know, when I started writing songs, it was because my dad had, between all the guys that he had played with in college, he had this tune traders thing where they would send each other CDs every month of music they had been listening to. And both my, I have two older sisters, they both 
sing and write music. Um, and so my dad, when I was about 11, said, you know, what if for my CD we just did original music? What if all of us just wrote songs and mom can play keys and I'll play guitar and we'll do it in GarageBand on our computer? And um, I, had, I had not really written a song at that point. And he said, so Eva, if you could just go home and maybe just try to write a song and give it to us. And I went home and wrote my first song. And um, yeah, and then the rest is history, because then I really realized that songwriting was what I loved. But that was wow. the kind of uh, environment it was growing up. And I was really lucky. That, that, that's a great story. Uh, did, did your uh, uh, family's garage band ever play gigs outside of the garage? <laughs> you know, we, well, we would sometimes join my dad's college band. They would play shows every once in a while, every, every year or so. Um, but we really kind of stayed rocking in the garage. That was kind of our, um, our main <laughs> point. Um, okay. We were, we were a studio band, you know, stop touring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's, let's change the mood a little bit here and, and the tempo and with another song. And this is a song called at the protest. your face in this line I know mine's been long and my heart's felt wrong and this song is the first I've sung How are you holding up Your eyes seem heavy with surprise like the past that underlies came around No time to compromise. You ask me why I study history. You know, in this song, I, I can sort of see you in a, a smoky uh, club in Bleecker Street or maybe the Blue Whale here in Los Angeles. Um, but even though this is low tempo jazz, I can still hear that signature vocal curl you have. Um, how did that song come to be? Um, that song in particular, I wrote um, two days maybe after the election a year ago. Uh, I was you know, a student on campus at that time. And I think any uh, election is fascinating as a student on a university campus because it's a bunch of people who were probably really involved with um, the elections and things like that. But there was just this really distinct energy the next day. I mean, there was a protest on campus that I was at, and um, I uh, was just trying to figure out the way I was feeling. Um, it was the first time in my life um, and that I was really, really, truly, deeply affected by something that felt personal, that really had nothing to do with my personal everyday existence, if that makes sense. It was just something so far out of my control. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just went home and wrote this song, and um, it happened to be uh, that the, one of the uh, journals, publications on campus, was doing a um, call to artists after the election to ask for students' perspectives on the election, and they uh, chose this piece to represent one perspective of students on campus. And, I mean, the song is just really about, um, as a history student, my perspective on it, which is that 
there was this feeling on a lot of students on campus kind of felt completely, I mean, depending on where you were politically, but a lot of people felt just kind of defeated and scared. Um, and there is a, a, a shred of comfort when you studied history that, you know, things do move forward, even if they sometimes take a step back from your perspective. But, you know, the, the arc of history is generally towards progress. And so I was just kind of commenting on that idea. It, it's interesting that, um, you chose a down-tempo, soft jazz form uh, to express what uh, is normally a very, very high-energy, fast-moving phenomenon. Um, You kind of counter-programmed that. I I was also interested to hear you say you were a student in history um, rather than music, which means that all these people who are writing in and asking about the the uh, music program at UCLA may not get an answer, but uh, let me just remind oh, our audience. Some courses there. <laughs> okay. The all right. Let me remind our audience that we are talking with Eva B. Ross and you can talk with her too. You can call in three, four, seven, two, one, five, 7511, or you can email us as many of you already have uh, at uh, music Friday live at gmail.com. Well, why don't we go to those emails? Okay. Let's pick one of sure. the uh, UCLA emails. And this is, um, Bernie in San Francisco, and he wants to know um, what is the music program at UCLA like? And I'm thinking of getting into a college music program. What can you tell me? Well, from my, you know, limited perspective as somebody who just took some courses, well, most of my friends were ethnomusicology, music music majors. Um, the, the program, I think, the best way to speak to it is that the people in it that I've met in those programs are wonderful people who are so passionate about what they're doing and um, always collaborating with one another. The amount of bands that come out of the music department at UCLA that play not just the music that they're studying, you know, jazz or classical music, um, but that end up branching out and starting their own bands and playing around campus is really, um, really exciting. And I think it speaks to how passionate the students are that end up at UCLA about what they're doing, um, that, you know, it's not the kind of place because people in the music department um, and in every department are forced to take classes outside of their own subject or what they're studying. I think it makes people even more passionate about their instrument because I know in a lot of places where you, um, you know, you're just okay. studying, you know, at a, at a, at a uh, conservatory, you kind of just play your instrument all day. A lot of people at UCLA are playing their instrument during the day, but also going out at night and playing all the time. And actually, I can attest to that because I have some friends who are in that department. They're in the ethnomusicology department, and uh, mm-hmm. which is one of the finest Latin and Latino ethnomusicology departments in the country. And one of my friends actually <laughs> teaches there, and he's also the uh, guitarist for the the um, experimental jazz rock rap, jazz rock rap band Aparato. Wow! Uh, so right, so Very it's. Cool. It's a great, it's a great, great program. Um, uh, Maria in Los Angeles wants to know what kind of music did your family play in the garage? Yeah, well, we played whatever we we played whatever we wrote, um, which kind of spanned a few genres um, because of the ages of the band. We were, I was, you know, eleven. My sisters were, uh, you know, fifteen and in their twenties, and because my sisters are much older. Um, but for the most part, it was kind of, you know, your folk rock, rock, pop, 
band. Um, my dad is like uh, your your classic uh, rock, pop rock guy, um, classic rock. And um, my older sisters are into more alternative music. And I, at that point, was just all about singer-songwriter stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of where we were. Okay. Um, Mizell in New York City wants to know, do you ever play and sing in as a backup or in the studio for other bands? Um, You know, I actually work as a session singer um, also, and that's playing music, not often uh, as a backup singer for other bands, but often doing um, just session singing work. Uh, I've worked on the show Jimmy Kimmel a few times and worked with the house band there to do just kind of little jingles and singing stuff that's far from what I write, but really fun to get to come in and sing and, yeah, doing stuff like that, which is always fun. Okay. Well, why don't we play some more of that uh, always fun stuff that you do? Let's play a song (laughs) about traveling alone and then talk about it. This is called Empty Train. Take much for me to miss you. It doesn't take much for this silence to turn into pain. It doesn't take much for me to miss you. Just took two hours on the train. And it doesn't take much for me to miss you. Okay, you you were on a, uh, a, a European tour by yourself, and I know that song isn't from that tour, but uh, it was from your period in Italy. But can you you tell us a, about the experience that led to that song? Um, on empty train, yeah, you know, I um, I've gotten to spend a little bit of time in Europe the past few years, which has been really lucky for me. I was playing with a guitarist. Uh, throughout college who was from Spain so we had a lot of opportunities to go abroad and play music there that we seized upon but that song in particular you know I just um, I was taking a train from um, Albenga to Turin in Italy and I was alone on it and just missing someone and it's that thing that happens sometimes often to me when I'm traveling but you know you kind of look out the window of the the car or the train you're in and you feel yourself getting super nostalgic and you kind of see you're you're like looking at yourself in this place and um, feel like you're in the music video already for, with all your emotions. Um, And yeah, so I wrote that song and um, it's, it's just kind of the idea of being in a place, being alone and every single thing around you reminding you of somebody that you miss Um, and just realizing that it really doesn't take much. You could be doing a bunch of things, but Literally everything you see could remind you of someone. That's just the idea of that song. Do you um, do you travel a book or um, or your phone and, and take notes for songs as you go along? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I always write in when I'm traveling, whenever I'm in motion, I feel most creative whenever I'm on a plane or on a train. Um, and I and I always write. I never write on my phone. I always write um, pen to paper. So I always have journals with me. Um, and I'll just maybe record little voice notes into my phone. But yeah, always, always writing in cool. motion. Cool. Well, we have time for, for one more of your songs. But first, let me say that you're a good storyteller. And uh, your songs seem to have, um, in some cases, a beginning and a middle and an end and then scenery that you create around them. And I wanted to, uh, to play a song that, that to me, uh, does that. This is a, uh, a live recording from the UCLA Spring Sing, and I, which I think you won. Uh, to me, it's a country western song. Uh, so here it is. This is Spring Sing 2017. That just blows me away, and uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to have to start going to the UCLA Spring Sings, right? Um, I wanted to play the whole song uh, to get to the crescendo at the end, but of course we don't have time. But folks, so folks are just going to have to check it out on YouTube. It's a great video. In fact, if I recall, there's two uh, videos of that song from different angles, and uh, so people should look at uh, both versions to get the full effect. Um, has that song been floating around in your mind for a while? Yeah, you know, that song, it, it, it I kind of, Spring Sing allowed me to rise to a different occasion to kind of change the arrangement a little bit because I initially wrote it just as a really personal song just for me that I didn't really intend to share with anybody that had a totally different chorus that was kind of more of just a folk song with a little refrain in it. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of restructured it into a real song for Spring Sing, which was really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. You had an accompanist uh, with you, a, a really good guitar player. Who was that? Yeah, that's David Miller. That's the guy from Spain that I was mentioning earlier. Um, yeah, he's an incredible guitarist, and he's actually off at Caltech right now studying, getting a Ph.D. in biology. So he is not uh, – He's not. We, we all kind of spread ourselves around, don't we? <laughs> I, I hate people like that. <laughs> PhD uh, in biology and, uh, and fabulous guitar licks. I mean, and, and totally shreds. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally shreds. All right. Okay. Did, did, did you and he uh, work, 
work together a lot? Do you write songs and play together? Yeah, we work together a lot. We've we've actually it's crazy because we played music together for three or four years, but we never wrote a song together. He um is a rare breed of guitarist who has no ego and just wants to play guitar on things. Um, doesn't really have that um, desire to write, and I happen to have a lot of desire to write. So we were kind of a match made in heaven. Wow. <laughs> and, All right. Yeah, okay. Very lucky. Is, is that song going to be on the uh, the album? Um, it won't be on the EP, but I believe it might find its way onto the album. It will be released soon following the EP. Okay. All right. Now, maybe you should explain to people when the EP is going to be out and when the album is going to be out and what the difference is between the two. Yeah. The EP is going to be just six songs, and it'll be out sometime this summer. Uh, there's not a specific date yet, but it's it's finishing up being mixed right now, and I'm really, really, really passionate about the tunes on that. And that'll kind of give you a broad idea of all of the ways that I write songs. And it's, um, yeah, I, did, I recorded it in Nashville with unbelievable guys playing on it um so yeah that'll be out in the summer and then um the 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 full album is to be determined but will be out after that okay all right so you went to nashville to record it instead of here in la the music capital with all the producers and studios i know i know yeah i did go to nashville but it was um it was a great learning experience and i still hold on to all my folks here in la even though i went over there (laughs) Just cheating on L.A. for just a little bit. All right. I want to play, actually, before we go, I want to play a little bit more of that. Here we go. Okay, well, that to me is wonderful. That is a habit-forming piece of music, and uh, unfortunately, we have to leave now. So, why don't you? You have some. You have a couple of um, live performances coming up, don't you? Yeah, I do. Always trying to play shows around town. On May 10th, uh, 6 p.m., I'll be at the Fowler Museum playing an acoustic set of original music, um, and on the uh, 15th of May, I'll be on UCLA's campus. Um, playing a show for uh, the Euro Bruins, uh, the (laughs) European club on campus. And that I'll be playing with David, actually, which will be really fun. And, um, yeah, those are the two main shows coming up. Okay. And where can people get your music? All my music can be found um, through my website, evabross.com. Uh, Eva B is in boy, Ross.com. And um, yeah, I post, I, I, I update people all the time on Instagram uh, or Facebook and YouTube. I post um, some really groovy covers on YouTube every once in a while. So all those places, Eva B. Ross, you can find me. Okay. Well, Eva B. Ross, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and uh, convincing me that I got to spend more time uh, over at UCLA listening to music. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. 
Eva B. Ross. You can follow Eva B. Ross at www.eva B. Ross and all social media. And you want to check out uh, that uh, that video of her at the uh, Spring Sing and, and look at both of them. They're really good. Well, we have to take a quick break now before our next guest. But uh, during that break, we're going to go off to uh, Mexico. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this. Just two hours south of the California border lies the enchanting seaside town of San Felipe, Baja California, where friendly people, warm waters, and a relaxing vacation awaits. And it all starts at www.mysanfelipevacation.com. Whether you choose to golf on the 18-hole championship course overlooking the Sea of Cortez with friends, enjoy a romantic weekend for two on the beach, or take the whole family for a fun-filled weekend of shopping and activities, You'll be sure to find just the right accommodations at MySanFelipeVacation.com. So what are you waiting for? Isn't it time you got away? Visit www.MySanFelipeVacation.com today. That's www.MySanFelipeVacation.com. See you in San Felipe. Yes, you will see me in San Felipe, and I'll be working to try to get a voice like that when I grow up. MySanFelipeVacation.com. And, you know, if you use the discount code MFLA5, you will get a 5% discount on every room you book there. So that's MySanFelipeVacation.com. That's M-Y-S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-E vacation.com and the discount code is mfla5 well our next guest is in norway and people calling in from norway guests calling in from norway there's always some tricky technical stuff that we have to deal with and i'm afraid we have to deal with them now so uh, while my engineer is trying uh, his best to uh, get a call through to norway uh, i'm going to play you a little music uh, our next uh, from the nave blues band this is uh, sitting on top of the world <laughs> Sitting on top of the world 
That's the Nave Blues Band, and the Nave Blues Band is supposed to be with us today, but uh, they're actually a Norwegian band. Nave uh, Pundik is the the founder and band leader, and he is supposed to be calling in from Norway, but uh, we, unfortunately, we seem to be be having some some difficulty making that connection. We're not able to to reach him, and I I guess he's not able to reach us, so... um, We'll keep trying, but uh, for those of you who haven't heard, the Nave Blues Band, it's a band on a mission. That's the best way to describe it. Uh, It's a band that is bridging the gaps between blues, rock, and indie music. And they do it in a way that means, as you just heard, their music speaks your language, whoever you are. One of their core elements is the harmonica, and Nave plays the harmonica, and he plays it as you just heard beautifully. And this is, he uses it as an essential element in the ambiance of the music and the tone of the lyrics. Now the band was formed in Norway, but it integrates some international influence while keeping uh, sort of the common spine of the blues. And it's, it tells stories. I mean, the lyrics tell stories. They range from ghosts to love and misunderstandings to duty, inspiration, frustration, uh, adventure, um, they're they're quite interesting. So this is a this is a blues band where the lyrics are emphasized by the harmonica and they tell wonderful stories. Um, and we're really really in, we're really working hard to see if we can get a call through to um, Norway or if we can get in touch with uh, his agent here in Los Angeles and maybe she can get uh, word to him on uh, why on getting in touch with us. We thought we had it all lined up, but there it is. Um, Nave is a um, uh, fan of Little Walter. And for those of you who are Blues fans, you know who Little Walter is. For those of you who don't, let me tell you, Little Walter um, – born in 1930, really came into his own right after World War II. He's the guy who combined the bullet microphone, you know, that big round microphone with the harmonica and opened up a whole new world of um, harmonica music. Before then, you know, people played, they stood in front of a microphone and played harmonica, but he's the guy who took that, that big round bullet microphone and put it next to harmonica and cupped his hands around it and really was able to bend those reeds inside to make the sounds that we all now associate with the blues. So um, <clears throat> Nave, even though he was in, in, in Norway and still is in Norway, <laughs> obviously, which is why we're not hearing from him, uh, followed uh, little Walter and has worked sound and, and you just heard a little of it. So why don't we listen to a, a little more of it here? And this is, this is a song about ghosts. This is the ghost collector. Oh, 
That's the Ghost Collector by the Nave Blues Band, the Ghost Collector. And unfortunately, uh, Nave uh, Pundik of uh, the band is not with us today. He was supposed to call in from Norway, but uh, apparently someplace between uh, Stockholm and Los Angeles, the signal did not get through, which, you know, that that, that happens. Um, we occasionally do have people from Europe or Asia on the show. I'm always a little reluctant because this does happen. Um, and sometimes it happens because people don't really calculate the time difference properly, but more, but more likely it happens because there's just a, a connection problems and it seems like we've had it today. I wanted to go back to the, uh, the, the song that we played just beforehand. And that is um, sitting on top of the world. If you, after the show today, if you go to, to uh, YouTube and you put in the Nave Blues Band, that's N-A-V-E, Blues Band, you're going to come up with a lot of videos. And one in particular for that one, the Sitting on Top of the World, or just put in Sitting on Top of the World, uh, you're going to get one of the most amazing videos of blues music I have ever seen. And this, this is indicative of the way uh, Nave uh, Pundik approaches the blues, totally different. He does it with a ballerina. You know, the first time I saw this, uh, the, the the video follows what is obviously a beautiful young ballerina um, in leather pants and a um, a uh, mesh top coming up the stairs in a fur coat, having the fur coat taken off, walking into what looks like the um, the uh, a palace hall, sitting on a single chair in the middle of the room. And at the other end of the room is Nave and his harmonica. And then the blues starts and she starts moving. And if you've never seen a ballerina move to the blues, you should take a look at this. It's one of the most um, incredible and innovative blues videos I've ever seen. Don't go now, but after the show, take, take a look at uh, Sitting on Top of the World. Now, the song we just played, Ghost Collector, The Ghost Collector, that's four minutes of unstopped harmonica. That's four minutes of continuous harmonica playing. And anybody out there who's ever played the harmonica or knows somebody who knows who plays harmonica knows that playing harmonica is not an easy thing. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of breath and a lot of lungs. And Nave himself is a pretty big guy, so you, he's he's got the the lung capacity for it. But that's four minutes of nonstop harmonica playing, and it is uh, that's quite an accomplishment. And just so, just to remind all of our listeners here, you're listening to uh, Music Friday Live. We were going to be talking with Nave Pundik of the Nave Blues Band, but he's in Norway, and apparently he can't get the call in, and we can't get the call out to him. So we're going to be playing full cuts of his music, so you get a little treat that way. And then we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, about who he is and, and um, what the blues does. And this incident, this is a, a European blues band. He has not toured in the United States. I certainly hope he does because it's this, this take on the blues that you just don't, uh, you don't see anywhere else. And uh, Nabe was, is a fan of little Walter. And uh, so he's incorporated all of those techniques of, of bending the reeds inside the, uh, the harmonicas of using the bullet microphone next to it, of cupping the harmonica with your hand. So you get, um, uh, a whole different set of sounds for the upper and lower reeds. I mean, anybody who plays harmonica knows it's a very, it's a very complicated instrument. It, it's not just something you just pick up and say, oh, I can blow into this, and there it is. Incidentally, for those of you who have followed harmonica blues uh, and love the harmonica, 
you may not know that the harmonica actually was developed in Europe. It's a European instrument, which is why it's not at all unusual that we have a European blues band based on the harmonica. The harmonica started off probably in the 14th century in Europe. Um, and then, of course, it was taken, um, adopted by American blues bands. Um, and for all the, also, for those of you who may not know it, the blues is insanely popular in Europe, much more than in the United States. I, I know blues bands in the United States who tour in Europe, and they make much more money there than they do here, particularly in France. France has had a tradition with the blues and also with African-American uh, bands for a hundred years or more. Uh, so blues is insanely in popular, uh, is insanely popular in Europe. There's a lot more blues clubs, probably there's more blues clubs in Paris than there, than there are in uh, Los Angeles and uh, New York combined. Um, so that's why we're talking to, or was hoping to talk to a Norwegian blues band today. Um, and one that, that combines classic blues forms, but also adds in pop and rock and does it with a harmonica and sings in English too. All right. Uh, so let's hear some more of that. Uh, this is a song called sexy kiss. And this is by the Nave blues band. Yeah. 
Kiss by the Nave Blues Band. And, of course, we were supposed to have uh, Nave uh, Pundik here with us to talk about that. But he's in uh, Norway, and apparently the phone connections between here and Norway weren't what they were cracked up to be. So uh, we didn't get them. Uh, incidentally, that uh, you should go back and check that after the show. Check out the video to that. It's really clever. The, um, the video features, well, it starts off with a woman who gets a box marked Little Walter, Little Walter the harmonica player, Little Walter the famous harmonica player. And she opens it up, and there's a, there's a harmonica in it, and she starts playing the harmonica. And uh, all of a sudden, mysteriously, smoke arises, and a dancer comes out. Uh, it looks like the same ballet dancer that's in uh, one of the other videos by uh, Nave. And we now see uh, <clears throat> the girl who originally opened the box, playing the harmonica, although really it's Nave playing the harmonica and also singing in Nave's voice, which is kind of interesting, and wild dancing going on. So it's really, really very, very interesting. You should take a look at that. Um, for those of you who just uh, who, who kind of wonder why I'm not talking to a guest, uh, our guest today is was supposed to be Nave Pundik, who is the founder of the Nave Blues Band. He's in... Um, Norway, we thought we could, he thought he could uh, get in touch with us uh, from Norway. It didn't work. We have not, and we have not been able to get back in touch with him. So apparently uh, that's just not going to happen. In any case, we're playing uh, full cuts of his music. So you get a special treat there. While we were playing it, I, um, uh, apparently we got some blues people listening. I, an email here from a friend of mine who says that there is a new album series out called Power Women of the Blues. Wow, all right? This is an album series with a Bessie Smith tribute CDs, A Woman's Soul. It's going to come out in July from uh, Stony Plain Records. But Power Women of the Blues, um, so take a, take a look for that. For, you know, And the women have been playing the blues for, I mean, Bessie Smith was was uh, part of the history there, but if you if you uh, follow contemporary blues, you know that there's a lot of women out there playing the blues, and they're playing it on harmonicas, and they're playing it on guitars, and they're playing on electric guitars. We've had several of them on the show here recently, actually, so uh, I'm not surprised at this. But anyway, the um, Rory Block debuts a new Power of the Women blues album series you should you should uh, check it out well we've got a few minutes left we've got enough time to play one more song by the nave blues band so here is possess you
That's the Nave Blues Band. That was Possess You by the Nave Blues Band. And you can follow him on, um, you can, actually, you can stream the music from, on Spotify or Tidal. You can also get the album on um, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. And uh, follow him on Facebook. Check out the website, www.thenaveblues.com. Well, you've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Block Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. Um, Music Friday Live is produced by Music Friday Live and Fairness Radio. Our program director is uh, Jason Bartlebin. You can download this and other Music Friday Live programs at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes. Check out our Music Friday Live Twitter stream for details. Tune in next week. We're going to talk with two incredible women, Nakari from Costa Rica and the incandescent singer, Moria Smiley. Good night, everyone. Have a great musical weekend. Thank mm-hmm. you.